1: are a visionary you have a vision you just need to create it and bring it to life welcome to visionary leader extraordinary life with your host kate ebner our program will be an hour of inspiration for leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want now here's your host kate ebner
2: Good morning. I'm Kate Ebner, and you've joined us for Explorers Month on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. We've been interviewing men and women who've been named as explorers by National Geographic Society, and it has been a truly inspiring month so far. Today I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest, Hyatt Cindy. Hyatt is a science entrepreneur focused on innovation. She was born and raised in Saudi Arabia and is changing the world through her passion for life-saving science science that's providing health diagnosis to the world's poorest people. Hyatt has recently been named by Newsweek as one of 150 fearless women who are changing the world, and her list of accolades and awards goes on and on. Um, Hyatt is a leader who is visionary and who is, I think, bringing a message to us all. I'm delighted to have her here. Good morning, Hyatt. Good morning. Hyatt, you know, when I we and I talked before the show, and, um, you know, I continued to smile, actually about our conversation for many days when i thought of you and uh, one thing i thought would be a wonderful way for you to start this morning would be to share your personal story with our listeners and particularly tell us about those bold choices that you made from a pretty early age Um, the choices about leaving home and going abroad and and you know just tell us how you became a scientist
3: oh good morning kate uh you know first um i'm Thank you for being nominated to, to talk to, to you and talk to America. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. And um, I, as you know, when we talked earlier, since I was little, I really, um, I was, you know, always have time to, I had, my, mama, my mother had a chair, like rocking chair. And she wanted to throw it away. But I really liked that chair. So I used to go inside that chair and have like a throne on top of the chair. Mm-hmm. And I go there and hide, you know, just to hide. I don't want to do any housework. So I used to hide there and used to think. Two hours, three hours, I have my cat, Uh, name is Ginger. And I used mm-hmm. to sit there and think about the scholars I used to admire, uh, scholars who did something for humanity in the area of medicine, science. And I really used to imagine... Um, what would be like if I was born um, and I was with them? And what? how would it be like to go to the moon? And what is beyond the this earth? You know, uh, and I used to look at the stars, and I wanted really very much uh, to be like them. I wanted to be so curious about the world, so curious to uh, be in touch with humanity in terms of my work. And... Since that age, five, uh, four and a half, five, six, and I was just encouraged by my father to read about uh, the scholars and scientists like Mary Kurian, Stein, and Stein, Arab scholars, Muslim scholars, and um, I used to ask my dad, um, were they really uh, from the same planet? <laughs> because I never used to see any one of them. And I was determined to travel far to, to find them. And with his simple words, uh, my father used to tell me, uh, daughter with education, you can reach anything you want in life. So mm-hmm. I left the school, and I, they were my heroes. I used to study them, their way of life, uh, their amazing work. And when I reached high school, um, I wanted to study pharmacology, and that's... You know, this subject was not taught at the university as an independent subject. You have to do it like a part of medicine or um, pharmacy. And I don't want to be a pharmacist. I don't want to be a doctor. And um, according to my mom and dad, you were a perfect child until you dropped that news. I want to travel abroad. I want to, I want to carry uh, with my uh, discovery as a scientist. Um, they said no first. Um, because I was so young, not a word of English. I was traveling by my own. I never left Saudi Arabia in my life before, even for tourism. Um, I come from a very traditional family. Uh, we eight children, uh, six uh, daughters, two sons. I'm number six in the family. i uh, uh-huh. pretty close. Uh, I've come from Mecca, very traditional, very, um, you know, uh, strict. They said, of course, no. I mean, you cannot, you know, it's impossible. And every time uh, one member of the family come and they tell them, you know, Hayati wanted to go abroad, of course, the number of no's is increased. <laughs> like, for me, it's like impossible. <laughs> every time, like, uncles or cousins come, see, and my mom and dad doesn't you know, he hears about hyat he wanted to leave, and if say, no, of course not, they were worried. Not because they were against education in the contrary, I come from a family in love education, I come from a family who um, respect that and adore that. My father and my mom, you know, give us everything they can to, to carry on with our school study and provide everything that we need. But because, you know, I'm coming to completely different culture, I have no idea, um, but at the end, I used to, you know, uh, nag my dad in, 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 a, in a nice way. <laughs> like I used to talk to him when he was like, you know, going to bed and massage his feet and, you know, that, you know. And he saw me unhappy. He saw me, you know, especially I was, when I was 15, I read a book about discovery of DNA between King's College and, and London and Cambridge University. And that, you know, when I saw a picture of the university, I was like, oh, my God, it's like in a different universe. I, will never, I never thought in my life, you know, I would be in, you know, I would put, put one foot there. Um, so at the end, they, they were convinced, and they sent me. And you know, when I left, um, my father took me to the airport, and the first time I saw my father wearing uh, sunglasses. Ah. And um, he was very quiet, he went to the airport. And when he got there, he didn't say anything to me except one thing. He said, he didn't tell me not to leave, you know, don't behave or not to behave. No, my father, he, uh, very open-minded, he, 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 raised us with values and, you know, it's up to you. But he said one thing to me. He said to me, Hayat, don't let me down. Because yeah. I know how hard for him to let me go. I know how hard for him to be accepted among, among the family and, and, you know, let me go, um, you know, the new land, new culture. And a moment when I land in England was in the winter. I come, you know, very hot country, and uh, it was like very, um, like raining, and it's very cold. And my friend supposed to receive me at the airport. She had to go to see her mother. Her mother was sick. She was seeing her husband, who was can I speak only in Arabic. So he took me to this hospital, um, Danish hospital. <laughs> which is, like, for me, gosh, you know, I was landing in, aer- in the airplane, like, reading a dictionary, some few English words, so I can get, get up, you know, get by. Mm-hmm. And I arrived mm-hmm. in a Danish hostel, nobody speaking a word in English. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I land in a different city. And I was, like, um bitter, you know, not comfortable, scared. I was, like, I don't know how to communicate. And, my, and they gave me a room, like, up there in Attic. He took me, to, like, you know... Uh, reasonable hotel not expensive so I can so I can manage mm-hmm. and I was uh, when I went to the room I was crying um, I, I was crying um, I missed my family I didn't know how to communicate I felt like you know I couldn't speak and I looked at my air ticket and I saw like um, retain I said god good my father booked me retain so I can go back home tomorrow I'm going home tomorrow I'm not going to stay one more night I didn't, take, um, I didn't change my clothes, I stayed with my boots, everything. I cried, I cried until the sleep. And then I woke up in the morning, um, I opened the window, the sunshine. and I looked down and I said, oh my God, I'm in England, I made it. Let me do something about it. So from that point, from that start, I went out, I went to universities, I tried um, to connect with the universities. I thought, because I was a student in Saudi I thought all the university would be welcoming me, but the reality was different. I was rejected. I was not even, once to talk to me, because I didn't know how to communicate, They said, go back home. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. You didn't have the qualification, you didn't have the English. Even if we asked you to go back to school and do the standard test, you wouldn't be able to understand them all, all in one year, and with your, you, know, you have no word of English. And for me, it was very, very hard, because... I mean, how can I go back home now? I mean, I couldn't believe it took me two years to come with my family. I'm here, and I want to do something with this. And, you know, on top of that, you know, I have this you know, emotional, you know, uh, distance from my family, um, the culture distance. Um, I was alone. Um, I didn't have friends. Um, but I, my dream was... So huge and still, you know, I never stopped dreaming. My, my dream was so, you know, more than what I need. Uh, and I was so determined. I was thinking about it, saying, all the universities are full of students. And they are just like me, you know. They're human like me. They have a brain like me. What is missing here? They want me to learn the English? I will learn. They want me to learn, go back to school four years back? I go. And I did it. I, I managed to finish all the subjects in one year, and all the universities rejected me, accepted me, and continued.: mm. Wow. And from that point, I was so... Um, that gave me another push to believe in myself, not to be able to believe in my dreams and hope and keep going. And um, I remember that year, like, I did between 18 to 20 hours a day studying hard. Uh, But, you know, at the end page, I went to King's College, which is I read about when I was 13 years old. I couldn't believe it. I went to my favorite university. (laughs) I did pharmacology. I remember the first day I entered the theater, uh, the lecture theater. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe myself. I was sitting in the front row all the time. I was distinguished uh, by my professors, second year of my work, to sit about from scratch under the athletic medicine department and the Princess Anne Award. I managed to discover a um, mechanism of a new drug in asthma. And from there, I got honors in my degree, and I was also fortunate to get a full scholarship from Cambridge University, which is another university I read about, <laughs> to do my biotechnology degree in PhD in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah. um, oh. then I did uh, my... Uh, in, in electromagnetic and magnetic sensor. I come with invention there, and from there I start my own company, and they've been recognized from you know this institution in the world, and even in Cambridge, like I was rejected the minute I went in, because two reasons. Uh, one of them, I'm a female. Um, biotechnology was like male-dominated area. It was tough, and I, they thought you know a woman cannot sit there. And the second, they told me religion doesn't grow with science, so I'm going to fail. For me, like, you know, um, that contradicts what I learned, contradicts my upbringing. Um, I'm a female, I am a, have a brain. I'm a human being, just like a, you know, any human being like any man. You know, there's no, it's no difference. Second, the religion never holds you back. religion actually pushes you harder to discover about who you are and what is the universe sold this way or created this way in the country. But I was reminded every day um, with these two reasons and they told me it would take me three months either to give up (laughs) or change the field or look normal. Um, You know when you are um, knowing in your heart and knowing um, that you know you are capable and and uh, you know, the dream is, is only going to be a re- reality by you keeping doing. And I mm-hmm. keep doing, and I keep um, ignoring um, all the negative, you know, things around me. Uh, because life surrounded by both, positive and negative. And you have, we have to pick and choose. And if you choose to be a uh, positive path, definitely you will end up with success. With the impact yes. will be huge. So I feel yes. that path because I know I wanted to uh, make a difference in this world. I want to benefit humanity. And how could be that wrong? How could be when I want to study to benefit humanity can be wrong or is impossible? That doesn't, you know, go off with the intellectual part of, of the journey, you know. I want yes. to study to make a huge impact. And this you is the vehicle. How can I not use this vehicle? This is everything here for me saying I can I did, dedicate, I, I keep going. Um, and the only thing you can prove people wrong, um, you know, not by, you know, conflict, you know, but by, by you carrying on your behavior, your morals, your your resistance, and you respect yourself, people respect you, and carry on. And the only thing I, you can change people's mind by your actions, by right? when you two things.
2: You know, Hyatt, I, I want to interrupt you and just... Um, Point out some of the highlights of what you've just told us. I mean, it's such an amazing story, and I think it's also a, a really inspiring perspective that you bring. And we're going to be um, taking a break here in just a minute. And I just want to, I just want to take our listeners from that first opening anecdote that you shared about um, being in your mother's rocking chair your throne, you said, with your cat, Ginger, and you were four or five years old thinking about the scholars you admire, which is, (laughs) I think, an unusual child right from the very beginning, but, you know, the message your father gave you that with an education you can reach anywhere you want in life, and that courageous way that your family supported you, um, even though your choice to go to a foreign land to study, you didn't even speak the language, was one that was very risky in some ways for a traditional Muslim family to um, to send their child, especially their daughter, to do. Um, you know, you arrived. You didn't speak the language, and you had so much to learn. And um, you had the courage to, to pursue your dream. So as, as we as we move into the next part of the hour, I really thank you, um, Hyatt, for telling us this story, and, and especially for telling us the parts about overcoming. Fear to pursue what you really care about. So we're gonna take a break right now. When we come back, we gonna learn more about what you're doing today. We'll be right back.
1: Always
0: talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Think of the world 50 years ago.
2: A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
1: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate
2: again, and I'm here with Hyatt Cindy today. Hyatt loves to make science come out of the books by making it Accessible to people. Um, this vibrant National Geographic emerging explorer is biotechnologist and science entrepreneur working to bring affordable health care, innovative, low tech solutions to remote and impoverished communities around the world. And Hyatt told us her story in the first part of the hour. Um, and I really, um, it's really a remarkable story of um, singular. I think, perspective and, and uh, vision at a very early age. Um, and hi, as we enter this next segment, I would love to have you explain to us what you do, actually. What is your science all about? What have you created?
3: Um, well, uh, Kate, when I finished my PhD in, in biotechnology in England and everybody said, okay, you reach your goal, this is it, finish. Um, as most people, you know, uh, which is nothing wrong with that, but for me, At Hayat, this is the starting point for me to give society what I have gained and learned. This is the time to give, not just to think about myself. So all my life, I want to make a difference. All my life, I want to touch people's lives. All my life, I want to make technology and science affordable and accessible. Always think about why people are deprived from the benefits of science and technology. Why the products that... For medicine, for for um, for cure, for treat, treatment, are expensive. Why? How? What is my duty here as a scientist to make it cheaper, uh, easier, reach everyone? We are human. I mean, what are you doing, Kate? In this program is amazing. You are here touching community and you are proving that people around the world all similar. We have same needs. We have same values. We we have emotions. We have we have to live with dignity, and why we are forgetting about the poor? Only with, you know, we remember them with only food and shelter. But they need to, they need to have health. They need to feel the human. They need to have their dignity. So I wanted, I wanted to. What, what I do really is making, making diagnostic tools uh, uh, for prevention or for diagnostic in health cheaper and accessible. And uh, when I came to Harvard, I mean, even before I came to Harvard, I, I, um, I invented an amazing biochip. You know, I call it an amazing biochip because this biochip is, is going to, um, to detect cancer in any stages. And it's going to be very easy, very quick, and uh, very, uh, not expensive. Not expensive at all. So it's women everywhere in the world has the right to screen and uh, to discover and they have the right to find out if they have the disease and they have the right to cure themselves. Uh, why we have to wait for the late stages and, and uh, they can't afford to go through the, the, the diagnostic. And uh-huh. also when I come to Harvard, when I came to work with Professor Whiteside, there was like many projects in the lab and which is uh, attracted me the most with the paper diagnostic technology. And I wanted to develop that, I wanted to improve that, and I wanted to establish uh, a company with George Y and Carmichael, nonprofit non-profit, on this, um, uh, we call it Diagnostic for All. And uh, what struck me also, uh, in our, the world around us uh, is the material world. Um, when I wanted to establish this, and I, I told George, um, I wanted to cut in with this, and he advised me, you have to, go to, you have to go to business school, because if you want to take an idea from the lab, you need to have also another expertise, like an entrepreneur. And I took his advice, and I went to Harvard Business School for two years. I did a course there, um, how to commercialize uh, science and technology through the people's hands. And when I organized my team, I went to the Professor Bowen and uh, Vicky Satu and Lee Fleming, and I told them I wanted to create a team because I had no clue how to um, establish a non-profit company on such an amazing technology. And I told them I wanted to organize a team because I wanted to win uh, Harvard Enterprise competition and Harvard Social Enterprise, and MIT 100K, they laugh. <laughs> and my brother him he laugh, and he said, "Nobody did that before. Nobody won both competition in the same year." And I said, "But I will." And he said, "May I ask you why?" I said, "You know, nobody. You know, when you raise money for non-profit, people not take you seriously. People think you should make profit and wait 15 years. And how long that will take? You lose so many lives." And then, donate, you know, we have this idea always in our head, donate, give it to the poor. Why from the beginning I design my whole team, my passion, my thinking towards a non-profit? And I want to have the, the recognition so I can be able to raise money. I want to have the recognition to change people, but even like investing, it doesn't have to be always money, investing in people's life is a powerful profit. And, um, you know, he believed me, or create a team, and um, that was, uh, like, struggling, me creating the team, because every time we go through mentoring, people come back to me and say, hi you're not going to win, because you have to go for profit and then change it. And then my team hmm. coming back to me say, hi oh, we're not going to win. So I have to really inspire them again every time, every time for five, six months. But like we did. We won both competitions, which is
2: amazing. And um, so, so... time, Sorry? Let me, let me just um, say it back for those listening that um, you actually won the entrepreneurship competition sponsored by MIT with your plan for a paper based diagnostic innovation, and then went on to also win the Harvard Enterprise competition and did so the first nonprofit to win those awards and the first to win both of those awards. Is that right? Correct. And our application is uh, we
3: wanted to redesign this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very quick, it's a drop of blood, and you, you diagnose liver function. Um, people who are under the medication of uh, TB and AIDS, uh, they need to be monitored because the drugs are so severe, they're so painful. And if somebody living in the U.S. or in a developed country, they go like every week for, um, or every two weeks for blood um, tests to see if the drugs are Actually, affecting the liver because that could lead uh, uh, death. But people in the developing world, they have they have no no uh, monitoring whatsoever. And even if they're lucky to be near a central lab, take weeks take weeks for the results to come back. And by that time, it's very hard for the doctor to trust them because they come from very far away, like from rural areas. Sometimes take them two weeks to reach the, the hospital, and by that time. It will be too late for the, liver, uh, for the liver to recover from the severe of the drugs. And by that time, also, the patient, he feels the pain, uh, and he stopped taking the medication, and he can spread the disease. So it's, it's a chaos. But by giving something simple like this, it can reach to a rural area. The doctors can visit 200 houses uh, a day. He can take an action then and there, and he can um, um, monitor the patient. So we're saving millions of lives a year. Uh, something very simple, I mean, very easy, and uh, uh, touching humanity. And that's what I would love to all the time promote. Uh, we want to bring back science to solve problems. When science was born in East century, actually for solving problems, when, when still and discover, everybody said it was a miracle. Why? Because we are touching people's lives. After that, science becomes, you know, in terms of curiosity, ego, uh, people like worrying about 10 years and, and publication. I'm not saying something wrong about that. We need to have that. But also we need to also think about others. We need to see how science can um, help people to have a better life. How can science attract the, the youth to make them inventors, to make them think about the world, how to discover the world um, by lacking um, the human touch here, then science will be lost. Innovation will be declined. We will we'll be stuck. There will be no progress. And that's what I like to always promote.
2: So, you know, as, as you're talking about it, you know, I, I thank you for that um, perspective and um, putting science in, in the hands of humanity for the sake of um, the well being of, of all, you know, versus having it be a sort of an elite um, profit. Driven uh, pursuit, um, the way you've described it, and it makes me understand better. I think your choice of ha- being a nonprofit enterprise actually, and really focusing on bringing technology that makes it easy for people, particularly when they can't afford all of those expensive tests and solutions. Um, it's really quite a, a vision. And I, re- I remember talking with you earlier it and you know you said that science is a universal language it was something that you realized the young person that science is a connecting language across cultures and across around the world and and i always think the other universal languages are you know food music um family you know those are languages we all speak uh, i hadn't you know art i hadn't thought of science you know but i i, I think you you ha- your vision seems to be a vision of access you know that we all can access science and that we all can benefit from science and we all can contribute to science and we're going to take a break in just a minute, but I wonder you know if you could just comment on um you know can you can you say in a very in a in a in a minute what your vision is for your work and for your life
3: uh my my vision how i can uh Make innovation is part of um, our day-to-day. How can I, uh, what I, my goal at the moment, what I do at the moment, establishing a new institute um, to make dreams of the youth come true via innovation.
2: I love it. So your new institute is to make the dreams of youths come true by innovation, and I know that you're very interested in sponsoring um, young scientists um, in, in Saudi Arabia in particular, but people who might not have access to education and uh, the kinds of opportunities otherwise. Um, is, is that a good description of your institute?
3: Uh,
2: very close, um, yes. Um, in terms
3: of my institute going to um, um, take care of uh, innovators who we tell them, um, your invention, you as a human being matters, and not only your matter, also your dream can be realized, and we're going to make give you the vehicle, the style, and the means to see your invention uh, based in a company that helping society and helping social problems, and we are from there, we are creating opportunities, and we're creating They use to be able to have a say and have their own potential.
2: And your institute is called the Institute for Imagination and Ingenuity. Is that right? Correct. Good. We're going to take a break. When we come right back, I'd love to hear you tell us more about the institute.
0: Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Welcome back. This is Kate, and I'm here with Hyatt Cindy today. She is a National Geographic Society explorer, and she is a visionary leader who is changing the world, um, science entrepreneur, uh, innovator, who has a mission, and her mission is about profit defined as um, making a difference in the lives of people and she certainly is doing that with the technology and the science that she's uh, working on and creating. Um, Hyatt has been named by Newsweek as one of 150 fearless women who are changing the world and it's clear as she tells us her story today um, the mindset that she brings about how to live how to live fully, how to bring your gifts, how to be courageous, and how to follow your dream is uh, really inspiring to me. Um, Hyatt, before our last break, we were talking a little bit about the institute that you founded, the Institute for Imagination and Ingenuity. And I would love to invite you to just share with our listeners a little more about this institute and what's happening there.
3: Um, yes, thank you for asking about the institute. Um, when I become... Um Social uh, innovation Fellow with PopTech in two thousand and nine and also after that science fellow was two thousand and ten with, with Um it was a great experience for me there it was a turning point in my life because i've always been trying to uh, answer the question, "What if my education and if my training as a scientist can I bring back home?" I remember after, my, uh, after uh, the week with the spend with the Poptech uh, the CU andy Zoli and uh, the president Elisa. Uh, uh, Feldman asked me, Hayat, what do you like to do? And I said, I will, always dream of having my foundation in terms of um, creating the vehicle for scientists to see their dream come true because I'm a victim also for uh, not having the opportunity. And uh, in, in our Arab world, and uh, there, we, are, we fear science. We fear science is out of reach. We fear science is not for us. We fear to innovate, and we also fear failure. And that's what I would love to change. I would love to give the youth the confidence, the power for not to see a failure. If you don't fail, there's something wrong with you. I mean, Elaine, if you don't fail in science and when you try, something wrong. But in our society back home, unfortunately, when you fail, it's the end. And that's yeah. why it prevents people, even for women, to try a new business, for women to try to take a new step in their career or... To imagine new things because you know um, people will you know make fun of that, and that should be the case. Should be you know should be have the freedom to imagine, the freedom to move to your target. That you can imagine anything you want. You can imagine to uh, discover anything you like, and that's what I wanted to give for this imagination, ingenuity. And I'm so lucky with Optic. They give me the platform. They connect me the right people to uh, uh, to establish this, and one of the great partner I have, Wolf Olins, who are there, done the branding and the website, and they they uh, uh, they put the, my my vision and my message in a very beautiful way. I remember Wolf Olins because they know it's like Arabic and, and, and in English and a multicultural because as you said, Kate, science is a universal language. You cannot be isolated. You know, it's a beautiful language. Gender. Uh, uh, color religion uh, uh, wherever disappear because uh, when you see scientists like you are 27 nationality in, in one lab and we have amazing time discovering and discussing and communicating nothing matters then because you are you are discovering who you are you're discovering what is this world all about how, how can be any racism here how could be the how the way you look or what you are a male female matter here Um. So I remember Ralph Allen, they did like a competition in their organization to come with the name, ah. come with the logo. And um, they came with the great ideas, but I had to with them step by step and combine things because first we wanted to call it hyatt because hyatt means life, and they see this is, this is summarizing, and uh-huh. then we say, you know, Hayat is, you know, maybe I want to discover something else in the future that we're limiting, and this is beyond hyatt Then then, because the way I am, the way they know me, this is then we come with the name imagination, ingenuity, because imagination about who I am as a little child and ingenuity, what I would like to provide. It mm. works at the level of the mind, so it can grow the imagination, also practically at the level of the hand to manifest ingenuity and to make it into reality. And that's why we come with the name. And I, too, is, um, is a combination between East and the West, is the combination between individual and ideas of intent and impact is connecting science to social need, connecting people to possibilities, uh, uh, connecting dreamers dreamers and and uh, and doers. Um, so that's why we, we come with the name. Um, um, so think, like uh, imagine it, and make sure we give you the size and means to, to make it happen. And with this institute, um, what I would like to uh, provide, actually, simply the vision of it, is to create an ecosystem of entrepreneurship and social innovation for scientists, engineers, and technologists in the Middle East and beyond. And I wanted to give them the platform and the program to help them uh, uh, to take an idea and to create role models. Raw models Um, If people think I am a role model, we need to create more like high school, thousands and millions. We need to create role models to inspire their own society, inspire their own community, inspire their country, and create companies, industries, opportunities for the youth to find their talent, their time, their their goal in life, uh, a place for them to practice. And the worst thing you can tell the youth, you're worth nothing. Uh, so that's why they have nothing to cherish. That's why we see them, they have no goal in life. And, and that's wrong. Um, we need to give them the vehicle. And I, I believe in imagination and, 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 and innovation is around us. We cannot live without them. And without without you know um, breakthroughs in science and discovery and the freedom, the freedom to imagine, the freedom to move to your target, there will be no breakthroughs. No true breakthroughs changing people's lives. So just being smart and having resources is not enough for true research. You need to go beyond that to, to, to manifest that. And especially when you have innovation solving local problems. Uh, and that began to change also the, the mentality of businessmen to invest in science because they don't have faith in science in the middle. So invest in it. They see it in, like, long-term and risky, which is true. But when you believe in it, when you believe from... This is like, you know, if you want to change society... It's a big enterprise. Everybody has to have a payroll: Parents, schools, government, the inventor themselves, and businessmen. Each one of them, we have to pay a role. As a scientist, for me, I need to make discoveries accessible. For a businessman, he needs to invest uh, in the youth and give them the platform. For uh, schools, they need to encourage them, they need to inspire them. For government has to provide, you know... uh, uh, make it easier. So it, it is it's not like one person's uh, show. I can, you cannot say I, you know, in all that great discovered, Even when you discover something, is nothing comes from nothing, and you cannot invent something from nothing. When you make it, when you when you when you are successful, you are not successful by because, you, because it's just by yourself. People around you help you. It is a teamwork. Is people inspire you. Mm-hmm. People encourage you. Uh, mm-hmm. We cannot claim that me, me, like I'm the one who did that or I'm the one, it's wrong because if we live in the world, everybody's connected. We live in the world, we have bonds, we have feeling, we have duty, we have society, we have children, we have mothers, we have fathers.
2: You know, Hyatt, as you're talking about this, I mean, I'm listening to you and thinking I'm going to, I'm actually going to write down what you're saying and put it into my newsletter this week because i i think that you just said such important things you know and you use some really beautiful language you know and i i'll play back for our listeners a little bit of what i heard you know i heard about you know the the institute for imagination ingenuity and about the um importance of both you know the, the having people having the freedom to imagine and it, having that freedom having the possibility of creating breakthroughs um through ingenuity and so how powerful this name is how it brings together as you put it that it connects the dreamers and the doers and it gives um, people the vehicle that they need to actually contribute um in the universal and the international language of science and and scientific accomplishment Um, it's just a very powerful powerful vision and uh what is particularly moving to me about it, listening to you talk and and knowing a little bit about you is that your commitment is to believe in young people and to give young people the confidence and the standards that will help their dreams come true, really inspire them to step up and, and contribute. And so it's, it's, you know, I want to ask you as I say all of that out loud, um, how do you know? I mean, how do you know, Hyatt, that such things can be done? It strikes me that you have a very firm conviction that an idea or a dream can be made manifest. How do you know? You know,
3: because I've been through the, the road, and that's what is matters, because youth need to, believe, um, need to believe in you. Youth, they needed to feel like they've been heard, and the only, they only feel that by the connection. They have a connection with you uh, by a human touch. You know, many foundation you know apply via internet and they go. But when you been um, through the same path, um, when you come from a country, um, um, opportunity to create an innovation or a company based innovation is really rare. And you come to the West and you have um, this great institution. Um, and also, and that doesn't mean here also social innovation is impact, uh, have impact. No, even here. Um, I'm, I've been chosen, for example, by uh, Nifty 50 to go to school and inspire girls to, to become a scientist because innovation is going down everywhere because most girls and boys are not doing science at the moment because they see it's the, the long road everywhere. Um, and you have to look ugly and geek and, you know, <laughs> um, you have to, you, you, and die poor. You See that's and that's the problem. So when you are, when you walk down the line and you know what it takes and you've been there and you see it in your eyes and you are smart enough to realize what is matter at the end of the day. Um, as I said, with this material around us, um, we wanted to invest, we want to create companies, and we want to become richer and richer. But we forgot one, when then one very important element we forgot that the human being, us, humanity, the feeling, the bond. And um, so for I2 to, to, uh, as you said, succeed, you need to have basic ingredients. And if that's here, that's what happens. The the ingredients for me, you need to have somebody who walk down the line and they can trust you and they can feel, they can walk, and they can be heard and they can communicate. They can uh, contribute because you need to inspire them. Okay, inspiration is important. You can encourage, you know, young people to go to the best universities in the world. Okay, but how many of them, yes, will give something to humanity? Very small percentage. You need to inspire them all the time, you need to inspire them, tell them you have the future. I, too, is not only going to give the power for. For the, for the youth to paint the future. They don't see the future. You, you have to tell them you are the future. You have to build them you have a message in life. You have, you have to have a, a signature in life. And if you wanted to be, have the signature, there's so many beautiful ways you can be an inventor and you can, you know, you can solve problems. You know, problems that you and you know, that your family, that your neighbors, that people far away you can make them, you know, happier and have a better way of life and dignity. And, and then you choose the program, which is they really need, that takes them from age to death. You know, the program to train them and the program to make them know how to communicate, program to give them confidence, program to make them role model, not in terms of, you know, to become famous, role model in terms of dedication, in terms of their passion and help them inspire their own generation. Um, that type of program i wanted going to, to, to give them uh, help them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then you have to select for them the right model the right um, problem they need to, to tackle so you, you are engaging them with society from the start so then we have a problem in water we have a problem in breast cancer we have problems in, in the environment could you help us could you with your you know, brilliant brain you know contribute here and also you're going to bring them the right investors who are really keen to have to see this type of example and who are really wanted to create a company on, on, you know, on and, you know, finding problem with water because we have no competition in Middle East, you know. So even mm-hmm. that's the attraction. You
2: know, you know so, um, hi. Sorry. We actually have a caller calling us um, from New Jersey, and I'd love to take that call. Would you? Are you would you like to take the call? Sure. Okay.
1: Yes, uh, my name is Mehdi. I'm calling uh, to ask Dr. Hayat if she has developed a roadmap for the young women uh, on how to pursue their dreams in becoming scientists.
2: Thank you, Mehdi. What a great question. Hayat, do you have a roadmap for young women on becoming scientists?
3: Um, that's what I go on <laughs> and, and, and talk and inspire. There is no one roadmap. What I only want to tell the, the young female or any young, or any young, or any any young person, male or female, um, you you are a part of this universe. You have a signature. You have to have a mission. Yes, one of my dreams, when when people one of my dream people to you know have a good job and have a family and have a nice car. You know, and you know, have children, but this is like a part of like a duty, something like a common. Everybody has to go through this path. But who are you? And if we ask ourselves, who am I? When I wake up in the morning, who am I to this? How, what is my link to this universe? What is my signature? Okay? And you are inspired by, you know, scientists or inspired by, by any, anyone who did something great. Follow the dream. follow the dream, and without you knowing, you're going to accomplish that. And in seems of to, to be a scientist, um, always, always um, not, you know, um, uh, link or associate yourself always with um, with the followers. I mean, you do not just follow. You have to think about everything that's taking take in life because you're a human being. You have intellect, power to think. You can't just follow. We need to think about why I'm doing this, even when I choose my field, you know. If I want to be, make a breakthrough. Why I'm doing this area and what is this? close to my heart. What I wanted to use, for example, if I want to do microbiology. How I'm going to benefit humankind with this. How what is the big impact I'm doing? I have to choose like a, a path that it manifests, you know. But for me I found it's a shame for somebody spend four years of their life or five years of their life just to take a degree and have a job. You know? Five years of your life are gone. Five years of you come to university, five years you have wonderful professors and wonderful uh, resources, how come we not use that to be distinguished? When you're sincere, definitely you become distinguished. Distinguished in terms of how you learn, distinguish how you give back to society, how when you give, when you teach, you'll be distinguished you'll distinguish what type of subject you're going to choose.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so Hyatt, I hear you saying that, you know, the question was, you know, is there a road map? And you were saying, well, maybe not so much a road map, but it sounds like um, it's it's following your dreams and holding your dreams, to use your word, and understanding that that dream needs to be something more than just having a successful life. It needs to be something that gives back and something that motivates you to be courageous with your vision and your mission for yourself. And I'm really hearing you call for young people to, um, to hold the dream and to put that dream in the context of contributing, giving back something much bigger. Um, when when young women look at you, who are interested in science, what do you hope they see?
3: Um, I want them to see um, uh, confidence. I want them to see, uh, see um, uh, passion. I want them to see also um, human, and um, I want them to see also uh, courage. Um, I received an email when I was, uh, I left home like about six months ago. I came um, uh, to England, I brought England to Boston. I was, I was extremely tired. Um, you know, um, my, my father passed away a year, year and a half and he was everything my, to me. And my mom, she was not feeling well. So I was, I was just landed in London and I'm catching another flight. I have to wait like seven hours in the airport again. And I, received, I was like, you know, uh, in tears. I'm tired. I was tired. Still. I was like tired from traveling and I said, oh gosh. Uh, another seven hours. Uh, have to keep going. So I received this email from uh, Karen, and she was telling me how difficult for her uh, to carry on with her own a dream. Everybody, nobody believed in her, even even including her father. And she comes from a religious family. She's, she's Christian, and um, no, everybody telling her you cannot you cannot be you cannot do science. You cannot be accepted. And at that time, I was vulnerable. that time, I was very tired. I was in tears, you know, missing my family, tired by myself. So I wrote back to her. I was like writing back to myself, saying, you know, keep going. You are my hero. By writing an email like this, you are my hero. You will do it. Um, if you, you are passionate about it, you know, forget about all the negatives. Just keep doing And I received her email after six months ago. And guess what, Kate? She's been accepted in Columbia and Stanford. <sighs>
2: Exciting. She did so,
3: it. So what I would like young people to see, me as a human, as a human, full of all these elements, human that went to conquer the world, human had a passion, I, ca- I cry, I laugh, I laugh, I love life, I love fashion, uh, and I am not isolated, um, I, you know. You see the whole combination, you see a human being. I mean, we are... In terms of, um, you know, we always give it this picture or we, in the box, like, the should be look this way or we should look this way. And we always, like, care about what others think about us. Yes, if we are living in society, we have to really have manners. We have to appreciate each other. We have to respect each other. But I'm, I'm who I am. I'm different. That's because there is a, a reason behind it. I'm different because mm-hmm. that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm adding here. Um, mm-hmm. your different colors that's what you're adding here um, mm-hmm. I want the young people to see courage human and passion and love so it <laughs> you
2: know Thank you so much. And, you know, I I appreciate that story about that moment when you were so tired. And I think sometimes we look out in the world at people we admire and we think, oh, it was so easy for her. Or it was so, you know, they had such good fortune and that's different than what I have. And what I'm hearing you remind us is that we all have times where we struggle and we don't know and we feel discouraged, and we feel we don't speak the language, and we have a lot to learn, and you're really encouraging us to stay with our dreams and, you know, stay with the mission that we have in our lives, even when it's hard, even when we feel discouraged, even when we feel uncertain that what we really want is going to be what happens, you know, so I, I thank you for, thank you for bringing um, yourself to us as a human being this morning, Hyatt, and, and making, Uh, your heart accessible, you know, as well as your incredible contribution and and career so far. It really is a powerful thing to listen to you speak. You have so much to teach us, I think. Um, We just have time for one more question, and I'm going to give you this question. It's um, something that really stands out for me about your story. You know, sometimes in your story of your life, people have told you no. They've told you you know, women don't do this, or they've told you, in our culture, we don't do this, or they've told you, uh, you shouldn't be a non-profit, you should be a for-profit, or you should wait till you're profitable before you do this. And every time people tell you no, you seem to gain energy and kind of move forward. And you know, some in the press have described you as a rebel, but my instinct tells me that you're not a rebel. You're coming from this deep passion and willingness to take risks. I just wanted you to comment on, are you a rebel or is it something else? We have one minute.
3: Um, I'm a, consider myself an explorer.
2: <laughs> you're an explorer. <laughs> I, I consider myself as eye-opener.
3: I consider myself as um, a leader in terms of... Um, uh, Uh, Follow your passion. Um, I'm a work for society, for society, a work for people, uh, and for for the universe. I cannot be (laughs) able. Yes, Um, I consider myself. It is a great, you know, um, description by National Geographic. I'm explorer. And when you explorer, we have no fear. When you explorer, you have to have this uh, love for life. When you have to have passion, and you have to love for people too. To be able to communicate with them, regardless of their color, of culture, or religion, you can't be isolated. Um, uh, you can't. You have to. Uh, uh, you have to be dreaming and speak your mind. Um, in, you know, if, especially if you are doing something to benefit society.
2: Um, and hiya, okay. As we come to the end of our time together, I want to, I want to thank you for being an explorer on our show this week and for being the eye opener, mind opener, spirit opener you are working for the universe and working for all of us. So thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you, Kate. Thank you for this. Um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, just what you're doing is amazing because you're making, you know, people around the world connected and we feel like we are in like one big family, which we are.
2: Thank you. Have a great week. You too.
1: We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.